Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. And I actually, I'm not just kissing up to you. I think it was so important to have somebody who, like yourself, on the radio. I can't think of anything more boring than having only conservatives on uh, WABC radio. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. Unplugged. Welcome to episode 59 of The Middle Unplugged, a break in the middle of the week when we reclaim the microphone from the far left and the far right and try to carve out some time for a less shrill and less extreme and generally less angry conversation. So today we're going to be trying something a little bit different. And it is a melding, if you will, of the podcast, this this podcast, The Middle Unplugged, and The Middle, the radio show. Um, I was first on the air at WABC 770, a conservative radio station in New York City, um, starting about uh, a couple of years ago now. And from that, came this podcast, which is a little bit different, a radio show on a conservative radio station. We take callers. We try to engage a conversation in a podcast. It's a little bit more one way, except for the segment that we do where we solicit mail and the like. And so what I began to think about in the context of being kind of the sole progressive or moderate voice on a very conservative radio station um, is is, is is the conceit of the show even possible? I thought that, you know, there's basically 80% of the country that broadly agrees on stuff in a broad philosophical sense. And there's 20% to the fringes. But when that kind of belies this idea that we have a 45-45 or a 50-50 country at each other's throats. So early on in the show or the first half to show of the life of the show, I would try to bring subjects that were ones where I thought demonstrated what the middle would look like. You know, the idea of labor unions fighting to improve lives, tax cuts for the middle class, you know, gouging by energy companies, things that I thought would would bring um, a middle perspective in places we can kind of agree. And what I learned is I would do monologues about that. I'd bring information about that. But the callers wanted to return to their assigned positions, either defending Donald Trump, attacking Joe Biden, or the like. And I began to wonder, is it something that I was doing wrong, or is it just the the platform I'm on, or is it just the way media is today? Well, as it turns out, there are a couple of regular callers on the radio show on Saturday from 2 to 4. It's also available as a podcast, by the way, who seem to be bringing more of kind of a libertarian philosophical bent, and also who seem to be more eager to engage the other side. And I thought what we might do is hear from a couple of them and kind of have a meta conversation, forgive me for the phrase, a meta conversation about what's going on in media today and kind of get at this question of, are people just more partisan than they were? Or is it that they, uh, if you're listening to a conservative radio station, you don't want to hear someone like me? Frankly, the, the numbers are pretty good. People do seem to be responding to our show So we wanted to try to understand that. And so a couple of regular callers agreed to engage in a conversation with me about the radio show, but more importantly, about what they perceive 
as the way that the information and opinion and media flow is in today's world. One of them goes by Richard. He's from Midland, Texas. And the other is Chris. He's from Long Island, New York. They're both people who were regular callers who had suggested on the air, we should talk about this further. And this is our opportunity to take them up on it. And also in keeping with the format of the program, at the end of the interview, at the end of the discussion, we get a chance to uh, let them be the ones who engage in the Ask Anthony Anything part of the show. So listen, I hope you enjoy it. And I want to thank you for your support. And this also, I think, is going to be available on YouTube as well as a podcast. So you can see what Chris, me, and uh, Richard all look like while we're having this conversation over Zoom. Thanks and uh, enjoy it. And uh, I'd love to hear your feedback at wienerwabcradio.com. So here we go. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. So welcome, gentlemen. This is the first time we're meeting Richard, Midland, Texas, and Chris from Long Island. Welcome to the Hall of Fame edition. How do you guys know each other? I'm uh, Richard is a customer of the place I work down on Wall Street. No kidding. So I've known him for, I guess, eight years now. And we uh, we have a good relationship. Like he's one of my favorite customers. We have many customers, but he and I kind of bond, and one of the things we bond over is our politics. So we, you know, and obviously a lot's been going on the last eight years, as you know, and we kind of hash it out whenever we get a chance. So that's how we know each other. Now, by by any chance, did you guys come to ABC Radio because of one of you introducing the other by any chance? No, pure, co- pure coincidence. You tell them, Richard. All right. Uh I mean, I know ABC Radio because uh, I'm I'm actually originally from New York City, uh, but I was listening to local talk here in Midland, Texas, and uh, my wife got the Alexa stuff, and she says uh, I can get WABC Radio. So I started listening and calling into some of the programs in uh, WABC Radio, and I didn't tell anyone, and I was. Uh, it's Richard, and uh, Chris listens to WABC, and he recognized my voice, and he oh, told people that that I'm on uh, WABC radio from Midland, Texas. Because that's, that's the way this idea came to pass. I don't know if you guys listen to the podcast. The podcast is a little bit different. We take like one issue and let it breathe a little bit more. But, um, well, let's start this way. You say you listen to ABC. Let's go around the horn and talk about where we get our information, like what we listen to. I'll start. I do, I listen to my own radio station, 77 a lot. I do a lot of looking on Twitter, kind of just to see what's going on. 
I watch a fair amount of Fox, but not a ton. And I don't, I listen to a little bit of MSNBC um, in the morning, but that's kind of it. For the most part, I get stuff online. What about you, Chris? What you, besides ABC, where do you get your news? Um, yes, a lot online. Um, a little Fox, a little MSNBC. Um, a little, you know what happens a lot, Anthony? I have friends, most of my friends are very liberal, believe it or not, they are. So they'll send me stuff. They'll send me articles. You know what I mean? And, and you know, a lot of them are from the New York Times, obviously. And and I get a lot of information that way. And that's uh, that's why I really, you know, once again, I appreciate your show because um, it's you're not in a bubble, obviously. And you're one of the few people, obviously, if not the only one on WABC, who comes at things from the other side, much like my friends. So, um and it's good. I kind of go back and forth with my friends as well. And uh, we have good discussions. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much where I get but it. Where, and, like if I you want to check yeah. if something, let me ask you, if you want to check if you heard something crazy or something that surprised you, where do you go to like fact check it? Okay. I know it's going to, you're going to make fun of me, but I'll Google it and then I'll see which articles appear. And then I'll uh, look at it like, I actually just Googled something before about the rate of inflation, what it was four years ago under Trump and what it is now and how it's come down. And because I know you often, you know, I always want to know, too, Anthony, where do you get your information when you telling us that inflation's coming in? And, you know, I I'll Google it. Like I said, I'll see what I don't know. You know, it'll be Reuters. It'll be something like that will tell me where Google, what you know, where inflation was a couple of years ago and where it is now. And that's what I'll go with. And what about you, Richard? Where are your sources of news? Where, where do you get your information? Okay. So I uh, I get a lot from my iPhone. I got the uh, New York Post on my iPhone, and I have other uh, sources. I watch MSNBC, CNN, and uh, 307, that new network. And I'm a news junkie, and I uh, keep it on. Since I work from my home, I can watch any of the cable stations. And uh, I know what's going on in the world. I know what's going on in New York. So I can uh, act, even though I'm in Midland, Texas, I... I think I have a good knowledge and I got to have a good history of New York on a local basis. And then I have a good knowledge of what's going on uh, nationally and internationally. And when you asking the same question I asked Chris, if you come across something and you want to know for sure something I said, very often when you call in, you have a fact that you want to correct that I got wrong. Where do you use what's a, what's a good resource for that? Or do you go to different places like Chris does and, and, and try to research it? I go to different places, but I actually also decide I don't want to. Uh, you know, everyone can make a mistake and everyone can be wrong, but the, the the less you're wrong, the more confident when you do call in the radio station, they're going to have more confidence in your facts. So I also, if it's a statistical uh, fact thing, I will go to the internet and uh, I can go to different articles and I will get more information that way before I call the show because I don't feel like I want to make a mistake on a national program such but as where is? But I'm curious about something. There is this kind of conventional wisdom right now that there's a disagreement on basic facts. Like sometimes the left and the right can't agree on things. And you know, I call my show the middle. We're going to get to kind of my show it, it, you know, a little later in the conversation. But sometimes it seems like we can't even agree on the basic facts out there. Is that something that you, I don't know if you agree with that, but maybe Chris, you can get us. Do you think that that, is that because we're reading different places or is it because just people are choosing not to not to seek out information that that just that kind of contradicts what their view is? Uh, this this latter point that you just made, I think a lot of people choose not to. 
you know, really investigate, do an investigation, see exactly where, like I said, once again, interest rates or uh, inflation, where are they? Now, if someone wants to argue with me and say, or, not, or debate with me, let's say, and say, inflation is, you know, so much better now, like Biden is improving it. I will go and check that out. And then I'll find, as you have said, and you know what? You're right. It is coming down. There's no doubt about it. Um, but what happens, whether you like it or not, I'll sit here and I'll listen to WABC radio all day and I'll listen to Cats at Night at five o'clock and I will get just like almost like Larry Kudlow will come on every now and then and he'll just kind of tell me that he'll come out with a number that says, even though inflation's coming down, um, wages against inflation are uh, wages have also come down by more so that net net people aren't doing as well as they were under Trump than they are now under Biden. Like the situation is worse. So it kind of evolves. You know, I know, you know, listen, I don't have all day to do the research on this stuff, but what will happen is I'll hear what you'll say on the weekend and you'll give me a stat and then I'll go look it up and you're right. But then, like I said, a guy like Larry Kudlow will come on and kind of nuance it a bit more. And he'll say, yeah, but in real and Bill O'Reilly, he's Bill O'Reilly's on this big kick now that under Trump, the average person spent twelve thousand dollars a year less than they do now. That's what he said. He says it on his show all the time, you know, and I hope I don't know if you know what Bill what Bill O'Reilly thinks of uh, Biden, but he's not a big fan. So but I got to be careful, though, because. I see where O'Reilly is coming from, too. I got to be careful because O'Reilly's often stated that he thinks Biden's the wor second worst president of all time. So everything he says is going to be kind of skewed towards that. So I got to be careful. Right. So well, Richard, then I Richard, come back. Me, yeah. But let me I'm ask sorry. you, Richard, do you think like Chris says, do you think that people that, that we have this disagreement about facts sometimes because people don't check or they just check places that are wrong? Or is it that they don't want to have anything? disrupt their way of thinking or do you think maybe that's not a problem maybe you don't think that people disagree about facts nowadays i think um, a lot of the things that are going on uh opinion especially political opinion like we're having in the world more than ever in my lifetime uh people it's like a religion and uh, it's difficult to get people who are very hardcore to change that opinion and even when you show them that that has not worked, they will still not change that opinion. And I cannot think of anything right now in the news more than what's going on in Israel, that these people will not change their opinion when you show them the facts that are very easy. And they will say that did not happen. That is not true. So, I mean, how can you even have a, a debate with a person like that? It's sort of like a a religious fanatic who will not uh, see the truth, who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And I'm sure everyone between the three of us, among the three of us, know who the good guys are. And of course, that's Israel, obviously. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you about the idea of the media's role in all of this. You know, that it has been suggested that we're all in our different silos and we like it that way. And and Richard, you just gave an example. You can find places on the internet, you can even find places on television that you only get one side, even if it's completely wrong. My show and you guys as callers 
are a little bit different because it's not the same. I always say that I'm like a rap show on a classical music station. Is it? Do you think that the media, Chris, prefers it to be this way? Do you think Fox and MSNBC are like, we don't really care if we're giving them half the story because that's what our listeners and our viewers want? Absolutely. I think it's the end of the day. It's all about money and uh, generating revenue and what sells. And I was, I've been thinking about this. Um, you know, I grew up 30 years ago. I used to, you know, I used to watch all the time Tim Russert. Okay. He, to me, was the, he set the standard. Okay. Now, I'm sure he did well in the ratings. He, but, but I don't know if a guy like Tim Russert would be, uh, you know, would be that successful today, unfortunately, because he would play it down both sides. You know, I mean, he would have a Democrat on, a Republican on, and he would hold, you know, their feet to the fire. And unfortunately, I think to answer your question, I think now like Fox knows they have to, hey, they got to be a little bit sensationalist to whether they know the facts to be 100 percent true or not. They don't want to turn off their audience. They don't want to, you know, have them leave and go to OAN or these other places. They want to kind of keep them there. So they're always going to give you a view that's a little bit to the right, you know, um, you know. God forbid Fox ever said, like, they did a whole thing on, like, how great, you know, uh, or how, I apologize, they tried to do a thing where they said Trump, you know, the election wasn't stolen, okay? And those on Fox, I think that said that, either were asked to leave or, you know, it's just, Fox knows that where their audience is and it's like triple of the audiences and they know they have to kind of suck up to the right in order to do it. So there's right. no doubt that they do that. No what doubt. What do you think, Richard? What do you think? Do you think that, you know, we always say on MSNBC, they only give one side of the story. Fox is maybe the same, but do you think the media companies prefer it that way? Look, Fox paid hundreds of millions of dollars in penalties because they, they said things that turned out they knew weren't true, but do you think they do it because that's what the customers want, or do you think that they do it just for straight business reasons, or is it the same? Uh, I think it's a mixture of everything. I think a lot of the hosts, uh, like Sean and uh, Laura Ingram, and uh, you know, they're nighttime. The three nighttime shows or four nighttime shows are skewed purposely that way to take a, a right approach. But I also I don't think they're lying in their opinions. I think they really believe it and they're conservative. And I don't think uh, MSNBC, in all fairness, is lying. They have people coming on to give the left. But I find uh, their left is so far left on MSNBC that I actually, when I listen to them, I find uh, there's a lot of anti-Semitism on it. And not a lot, lot, but there are some who come on and they actually uh, do not seem to like America, which I don't find on Fox, to be honest with you. And I uh, I'm a little stunned that's without I don't really have to mention names. I think I've done it on the call and show who I really can't stand on MSNBC. He does the, some of the weekend shows. He's a, not a nice human being. And, uh, you know, I don't have to say his name, but I think, you know, who we're talking about. At least if you remember who I really think is disgusting. And do you, and do you it has to do, you, do with crowds. Do you think yeah. if we're getting if we're getting that kind of media from Fox and from MSNBC <clears throat> and from some of the newspapers who take their lanes, 
Do you think it's giving the impression that the country is more extreme than it is? I get calls all the time about the AOC Democratic Party. And I hear some of my friends on the left about the the the, the fascist Republican Party. We, the three of us have been around. I'm, I'm 59 years old. You guys are, look like you're in your 30s. Um, what is it? Do you think... <laughs> Do you think that the parties, um, I'm still the the politician I always was, do you think that the parties are more extreme or you just think that's the impression that we're getting? <coughs> Chris, you want to start? Should, is that for Richard or for... Uh... Yeah, they, I think no question about it, they're more extreme. And, you know, it all goes back to really Trump. I mean, they were getting extreme before Trump, but once Trump came on the scene, I think everything that I ever knew about politics went completely out the window. Whereas I always say this, um, Anthony, that I always like talking about policy. If you want to debate politics, let's do policy, please. What I find is now since Trump began, since he came down that escalator in 2015, it's not become about policy anymore. Like, you know, I have, like I said, I have very liberal friends. They can't stand them. Every time I say, we talk about his tax cut, you know, the corporate tax from 35 to 21%. How I know you say it's tax cut for the rich. You said, it, but I, I actually benefited from it. My boss, the guy who runs our company, turned around and gave us all bonuses based on that. So I appreciated that from Trump. And that's a policy thing. And that's what I always like to talk about. We've gotten so far away from that. And uh, I mean, it was going a little bit downhill before that. I mean, with Bush and, you know, uh, Obama, but nothing like this. So, you know, I, and I have a feeling I could be wrong that 10 years from now when Trump's long and gone, and he's in our rearview mirror. I think we're going to get back to a little bit more normalcy. I just think we're in. I've never seen anything like this where one person people won't go to other people's houses if they knew you voted for Trump. Think about it. You can't even yeah. if someone said, oh, don't hang out with him. He voted for Trump or he, he likes Trump. Whether I'm a good person or not, it all Trump skewed everything I've ever known about politics. And Richard, you know, Richard, I, I, I wonder. Mean, I, I'm pretty sure Richard. Well, yeah, well Richard, sorry, Richard. I mean, Chris just gave the example of taxes. We've been arguing about taxes since the day of the flood. Ronald Reagan made a whole campaign about it. I mean, and the people that are rising to be the top of the political food chain are not the AOCs of the world and they're not the the Matt Gates of the world they're they're different types of politicians so is is Chris right that we're much more extreme than we used to be or is it just that it is a matter just the personalities now are making us crazy if i go from the clinton democrats to the uh We'll take each one separately and I'll do it quickly. Uh, the Democratic Party, it's actually frightening me where the Democratic Party has come so far to the left. And I feel there's a block there in, in your party that does not like America, does not like the history of America, and does not like capitalism. There's a lot of socialists and uh, I would say Marxists. You know, Marxists, socialists, they are different, but they're, they, and they're growing. And I'm very nervous about that. In the Democratic, uh, sorry, Republican Party, real quickly, I think you have a lot more, uh, unfortunately, and I disagree with all this nuttiness, these uh, QAnon uh, conspiracy theories, and, uh, you know, which is absurd. And you do have uh, a harder base conservative, and I think 
The reason for that is they're fighting back from the Democratic Party that is becoming so far to the left. I used to love the Clinton Democrats. We all came together. We passed a lot of things. And that's the Democratic Party my parents grew up with. I grew up with. And Anthony Weiner, I'm sure that's who you grew up with. How many of the, how many of these hard socialist types do you think there are in the House of Representatives? Um, well, there's two types, that, unfortunately, that are there. I think you have a lot more socialists. How many? But the uh, you get have about I would say you have the 15, 10 to 15 hardline Marxists in your party. Well, that's I just want to point out there's 435 members of Congress. Sure, absolutely. So, so that, I think that's kind of the question I'm asking. Are, right. I mean, the question sure. I always put about this is, are there more or fewer than, and what, you know, does it make all that much of a difference when there's relatively small? Because I don't think there are that many QAnon subscribers in the Republican Party either. Um, at least the people no. that, that rise Half to the many. top. Yeah, uh, but I do uh, think you have more socialists and are getting away more regulation than during uh, Bill Clinton's administration, and they are becoming more to the left. And I think that, and there are a lot of the people in, in your party, for whatever reason, uh, are not embracing the history. They want to get rid of all the uh, our statues and everything else. And just because you have a statue of Lee doesn't mean you approve of Lee. Lee represents the history of the Civil War in our country. And to just try to make it disappear like the Taliban did in Afghanistan is uh, nearsighted and very, uh, I believe, in full and open expressions. We don't have to praise Lee, which I don't praise him, but to get rid of their statues. Now we have Jefferson. People want to get rid of Lincoln. And they may be a minority. But they're a very belligerent minority, and they seem to be controlling it. Jefferson is not in City Hall in New York, anymore, and I think that's a crying shame. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that happened under de Blasio. Well, let me, let me ask you this as listeners to, to, to radio uh, to start with. Um, I'm relatively new to being on the air, but I've listened to radio all my – it seems like my entire life – Richard, what do what do we and you can either take radio as general or just ABC? What do we get right and what do we get wrong in the way that we deliver news and information? If you were like the program director, if you were John Katzimatidis for a day, what changes would you make in the way it's done? I'm going to be honest with you. I've never, uh, even when I was growing up listening to WABC radio, WMCA radio. Uh, Actually, I'm unbelievably impressed of the wide range that uh, WABC has. Who's ever doing all your programming? Uh, your the owner, uh, I always get his. I'll say John uh, has done an amazing job putting a team together. And I actually, I'm not just kissing up to you. I think it was so important to have somebody who, like yourself, on the radio. I can't think of anything more boring than having only conservatives on uh, WABC radio. So I immediately, when I discovered you, welcomed you aboard, and I discovered you maybe uh, two, 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 two and a half months ago, but I only started listening again to WABC radio because of my wife telling me, you know, I can get it on Alexa, you'll like it, let's go uh, national beer. So what about, what about you, Chris, as a, as a consumer yeah. of news and someone who's closer here in New York, even though, even though uh, Richard used to be a New Yorker, what would you say is things you like about the way we do radio and the things that you think should, should change? Okay. Definitely the things you do right 
is um, like your show when you have Curtis on, okay? Your show gets it right. I want more of that. Where two guys, two people who I feel are, you know, know the issues, can sit there and say, wait, you're not right about this. The problem that I have with some of the shows is, like Greg Kelly, for instance, I'm not disper- you know, disparaging him in any least, but if I listen to his show, all I'm going to get is basically two hours of him coming pretty hard to the right and not- and about a litany of you know, 50 callers or whatever all agreeing with him. And the very few times someone may disagree with him, he will, you know, kind of cut them off or whatever, which I don't like. I really appreciate you doing this with Richard and I, because I think that's, we need way more of this. We need way more of, um, if a caller doesn't agree with you, you have to like go back at him and give him a chance. You know, there, there may be a chance he doesn't know really what's going on. You have to cut him off. But what most radio and even sports talk, I listen to Mike Frances all these years. I've called him up. What they don't get right is hanging up on the caller and just not. Frances used to hang up within two seconds if you didn't agree with his point. So I think you're being fair. You, I like what you're doing here. I think we need a lot more of that, and I think a lot of talk radio gets that wrong. And you, you will tend to turn off listeners, at least someone like me, if I call your show a lot and all you do is kind of hang up on me mid-sentence because you don't agree with me. Well, so, Richard, Richard, you pro- yeah. you have critiqued me before saying that I hang up too quickly and yes. cut off to, to, to go. Why don't you go uh, to, to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, by the way, and I'm not just, you know, I don't I don't lie and I don't say something as a compliment unless it's true, just so you know about me. So I think you're doing a really good job. The only thing. You, you know, you sometimes uh, you get a few sentences in and then you, uh, you know, you hang up. So you can't I think you need a little bit one more of at least the caller getting another intake. And I know you're getting a lot of phone calls and you have a two hour show now. You used to have a, an hour. So that enables you maybe to talk just a little longer. And I'm not looking for a lot of conversation, but let it, let me get in that one idea you do back and then one more for me and then hang up on me. And then I think that's a very good rule. And it gives the caller uh, thinking that, oh, well, he got one more few lines in to say one more thing to you be- before the hang up. Well, that I, I want to tell you, Richard, I don't know if you've noticed it. Yes. The last four or five weeks or so, I've been trying to let Caller speak a little more, just so you know, and this is not a show about me. It's more about you guys as the listeners. Sure. But the, the, the problem is that uh, some people left to their own devices will say, I got six items I want to get in and four follow-ups. And so in order to keep it going, I sometimes do that. It's a completely legitimate critique. And and I think that the challenge is, as much as we say radio should be kind of a conversation, it's hard for it to be a conversation. It kind of has to be a structured thing. But I, I certainly, I think both of you are right in that is something that if we could do more. Go ahead, Richard. Yeah, you can't go obviously to... It's one subject matter. That's all any caller should have. You shouldn't have a litany of it. But just for that one subject matter, just go back one more time to the caller. I make I try to make it quick because, you know, I don't want obviously you're very popular on your show and I know you're getting a lot of phone calls. And uh, I think you're doing a very good job. You have a good voice. You're uh, you're knowledgeable. I may not agree with everything you say, but sometimes I actually do. And when you give you statistics, 
some of the callers don't think you're actually right, but you are. And I'll even, uh, two weeks ago, I called, I said, you were right about your statistical analysis as far as that goes. Well, so, let me just know, say I, this before, before we go to, I do appreciate before we go to like a final question I want to do, I do want to say that um, callers like you guys have a certain amount of following as well, because I think it sets the tone a little bit. I think, Chris, you, I think you've identified as a libertarian a few times on, on the station yes, as someone. You're right. And, and, and Richard, the way you, the way you don't seem to come from one particular perspective, my viewpoint, and I've argued this to the brass at, at the radio station, is that no one likes one hand clapping for very long. Even if they 100% agree with it, they want to they they want to hear a little bit something from the other side. And to the credit of ABC, you would you would never see them put me on in a thousand years on Fox News. They are just not interested in someone who's gonna who's gonna be like me on there. And to be honest with you, I would I would die a thousand deaths on MSNBC because again the same thing, one note over and over again. I think would make me a little bit a little bit crazy. But one of the reasons you guys are good callers is that when someone hears that your name is coming up next. They don't say, all right, I know what that guy's going to say. And that and that's a great virtue on, on, on TV. So we have to wrap uh, on radio, rather. We have to wrap up. We usually end, I, I know if you guys listen to the podcast, with a segment called Ask Anthony Anything. And it, usually we read some mail that we get. We sometimes take something that another politician has said about me and we respond to it. But since you guys are here, why don't we give you each one? And if there's anything that you'd like to ask me, and we'll put this as the Ask Anthony Anything segment. Chris, is there anything you've been wanting to ask or anything you wanted to get in you haven't been able to on the radio? Um, I think I tried to mention this on the radio to you one time. Um, Anthony, could you please, uh, would you give an effort to maybe having on a guest or two that, you know, like an Alan Dershowitz, I brought him up one time and you kind of poo-pooed it a little bit. Would you be open to maybe, now that you have a two-hour show, having someone that you can have a little bit of a discussion with that doesn't necessarily agree with you much like Sid does in the morning when he has Ron and Santa on who kind of comes from a left side with his, uh, economics. And I enjoy that. I enjoy the two of them going Uh, back and forth. The answer is yes, but not Dershowitz. I, I, um, you know, the, here's the problem for those of you who are listening to the podcast, who are not regular radio listeners on the 77 WABC dial. There are a lot of shows, and there are some guests that are on incessantly. Curtis always makes fun of this. Dershowitz and Chang and these guys. And to some degree, I wanted my my um, uh, uh, my show just to be a little bit of an island away from that. However, I, I, I do take that seriously, and I'm going to try to do it. In fact, there was this suggestion that this guy, Greg Jarrett, has recently written a book about all the injustices, the judicial injustices. And one of my big things that I keep saying to our listeners is that Democrat, Republicans, conservative, liberal, whatever we may think of our positions, when it comes to whether someone committed a crime, we just have to trust the judicial system is going to work it out. So, But that's an excellent suggestion, Christopher. I, I took it seriously when you mentioned it last time. As far as Dershowitz, maybe not so much so. So what are you? what about you, Richard? Anything in particular in the Ask Anthony Anything segment? Yes, this is my advice to you. Uh, always, whether it's a lefty position, a middle position, or a righty position, I think it's really important for the host to forget, in your case, that you were a politician 
And maybe in a sense, you never know what your future is again to maybe be an, a politician. But I don't think you should ever be worried on what position you take, that you're going to, so to speak, piss off the party elite in your party in New York or anywhere else. And maybe it's possible deep down, sometimes you may be a little nervous to give an honest opinion because you don't want to get somebody angry in your party. That may be true. That may not be true. But it seems once in a while it's like that. But to really be effective and to really be good on the radio and get my respect, always be honest and I'll always have respect for your Well, opinion. that's that's a great piece of advice to wrap up on. Let me just say, by way of answer, there's no such thing as the party elite. It's mythology that people who are want to believe that there are people who are in control of stuff. And that, in fact, when I ran for the city council, I ran against two people who were district leaders who were the so-called party elite. When I ran for Congress, I didn't have the support of anyone in the so-called party elite. When I ran for mayor, it was the fact that I wasn't supported by anyone that made me more popular. There is not, you know, people think, oh, Nancy Pelosi runs this or Kevin McCarthy runs that. These people don't exist. At the end of the day, if I ever do get back into politics, someone's going to go back to the radio show and see that I supported the building of the wall on the southern border and try to make it an issue. There'll be some people running to my left who will see me being describing myself as a hawkish Zionist, and they'll try to run against me on that. But at the end of the day, you know, what wins, wins. And um, I don't think I, I try not to keep that in in the forefront of my mind, since I don't think I'll be running for anything again. And frequently, you've heard me criticize people like Andrew Cuomo, who seems like he's sanitizing every answer he gives nowadays, because he does have ambitions. But it's good advice. And Curtis says the same thing. Curtis, who's been a really good mentor to me, and he said, listen, you cannot have kind of one foot in another camp if you're going to do this job well. And I appreciate it. Gentlemen, Curtis, I have to tell you that um, it's a real privilege for me to be on the radio, but it would not work if we didn't have people that participated. And you guys not only have participated, um, but you've taken time um, out of your busy schedule to kind of do this and answer some of my questions. And I do believe... Um, you know, that we are the things that bind us together, notwithstanding we're both, we're all three kind of New Yorkers, is part of being a patriot, is believing the idea of that you, you should be sitting idle and that standing up and exercising our right to kind of argue and fight and disagree is what exactly what our founding fathers had envisioned. And I think all three of us would have been perfectly comfortable in a uh, a town hall meeting in the 17, 1800s as we are today. And I really want to thank you for supporting the show and taking some time today to do this. Great. It was Anthony, so thank wonderful. you so much. I'm sorry. You go, Richard. All right. It was, uh, thank you very much for inviting us. I've enjoyed it. And obviously uh, we'll be uh, listening to you because you do a great show. I love Curtis and I uh, really like you. So you're my two favorites on thank WAB. You, thank and, and Anthony, I'll say this. Uh, I'm a big Met fan like you. You have my number. Seriously, you ever want to get together and go to a Met game? I'll buy you a beer on me. We could sit and talk. I'd love to do it. I'm not kidding around. I'm a huge Met fan. So, you know, and I know you are too. So, you know, give it a thought. I appreciate it. Richard from Midland, Texas, Chris from Long Island, as they used to say in the good old days, we'll see you on the radio. Take care. Thank you again. Take care. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.